0: What is going on, New York Giant fans? Welcome back to another edition of the Big Blue in the Bronx podcast. Hit that like button for me. Subscribe. Do all this good stuff. Comment. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or a video drops. Appreciate y'all coming back. Share this out. Five stars on Apple Podcast. And we have a Patreon now. I want to talk about this for about a minute, not even two minutes. But uh, we de- I decided at least along with the rest of my team, that a Patreon is a little bit more fitting than the YouTube memberships. Um, I would say that the Patreon could be a little beta for what could be our website in a few years because we're able to post articles now. We're able to write in little articles and, you know, if we want to talk about the Giants or we want to talk about the Jets or we want to talk about some other team, the Yankees or the Mets, um, we can post articles on Patreon now. We can, you know, upload videos that, you know, could be for like, for instance, in the way that members could see it before regular people see it, you kind of do the same thing there, and a lot of other different things as well. But the Patreon link is in description, um, $2.99 per month, as opposed to $4.99 here on YouTube. So if you want to stay a member, go ahead. If you want to leave the membership to go to Patreon, go ahead. But uh appreciate you guys looking forward to a great 2024 Senior Bowl. Uh, we're already doing a lot of prep and a lot of hard work putting into that. We just booked our flight. Uh, we're looking to book some other things next, but it's going to be a really fun uh, trip down there. And uh, we hope you guys uh, join us for the content. But uh, let's get back to the New York Giants. They lost 25-26 to the LA Rams. And obviously coming out of every game, there's positives and negatives, right? This, in my opinion, more than the Eagle game, was... A pointer to how good they could have been or can be. And then there's the pointer of, okay, this team is 5-11. and I would point to two words for the entire game. And it's not even really much on the defense. Again, those two words are missed opportunities. Multiple missed opportunities on the offensive side of the ball. Quarterback wide receivers, running back, offensive line. Everybody is a culprit, and we'll get into that. But this Rams team did not play their best football. Matt Stafford threw two interceptions. Uh, Demarcus Robinson fumbled, uh, fumbled a a catch, and Dane Belton picked it up, who we'll talk about, right? Uh, let's see what else happened. Gunnar Olszewski. Hell, I didn't even think that the Giants were going to ever have a friggin' return touchdown under Thomas McGee, but guess what? That happened, right? That happened, and I'm happy for it, but the Rams should have lost this game, but the Giants lost it for them instead, and that points to, again, the Giants being such a poor team this year because it seems like the little, little mistakes in these type of games really cost them, um, but again, I, I think offensive side of the ball was pretty much the main culprit in that aspect defensively there's some, definitely some bad but there's mostly good um again we'll get into it but like comment subscribe we're going to go through the stats first as we usually do here on the show uh matt stafford 317 yards he actually had less passing yards than tyrod taylor but one touchdown two picks 24 34 four sacks taken then to Rod taylor six sacks one touchdown a pick 319 yards 27 to 41 for the rushing game in la for their team i should say kyron williams 20 carries 87 yards 4.4 yards per carry three touchdowns puka nukua two rushes for 19 yards then for the giants rushing game tyrod taylor was the leading rusher six carries 40 yards that big 31 yard carry was the one that did it saquon barkley 12 carries 39 yards and then wandell robinson had the rushing touchdown 24 yard end around um the receiving game for the Rams, Pukunokuwa was the leading receiver at 5 receptions, 118 yards. Then it was Demarcus Robinson, 6 catches, 92 yards, 6 catches, 62 yards for Tyler Higbee. And then the least involved out of the wide receivers was Cooper Cup, 4 catches, 27 yards, and a touchdown. But he did get the touchdown, so it still counts. Um, then you got the New York receiving game, Darius Slayton with his first 100-yard game since the Dallas Cowboys game in 2020, which was week 5. With Daniel Jones, a quarterback, and Joe Judge, as the head coach, and Jason Garrett as the offensive coordinator. Four catches, 106 yards, and a touchdown. Big 80-yard catch down the field from Mr. Terod Taylor. Wandale Robinson, six catches, 55 yards. Five catches, 51 yards for Darren Waller. Three catches, 25 yards for Jalen Hyatt. Daniel Bellinger, four catches, 39 yards. Saquon Barkley was targeted six times, caught three of those passes, then one catch for Gray, one catch for Hodgins, and Sterling Shepard with a drop. As far as the fumbles go, two fumbles by Demarcus Robinson. One landed out of bounds. It was forced by Nick McLeod. The other one was forced by Adoree Jackson. was recovered by Dane Belton. And Terod Taylor fumbled once. He recovered it. But, of course, that was the failed fourth down attempt. You take a look at the Los Angeles defensive side of the football. Ernest Jones was the lead tackler with 13. Quarterback hit and a tackle for a loss for him as well. Kella Witherspoon had a tackle for a loss and a pass deflection. Michael, I think it's Height? Hope? something like that. Uh, Half a sack and a quarterback hit. Aaron Donald, two quarterback hits, two sacks, two tackles for a loss. Surprisingly, he wasn't the main perpetrator though. It was Kobe Turner who is really trying to make a case for rookie of the year, at least on the defensive side of the football. Two and a half sacks, three quarterback hits, and two TFLs. That's what uh, our buddy Jake was talking about on the preview show. Byron Young, one sack, three Quarterback hits, two TFLs, a TFL for Deswan Johnson, the Mr. Relevant of this year. Then you go to the New York defensive side of the ball. Bobby Okereke was the lead sacker. He was also the lead guy in quarterback hits, tied with Aziz Ojolari, and also 10 tackles. Um, So 10 tackles, one and a half sacks, a tackle for a loss, two quarterback hits. Adoree Jackson, pass deflection, McKinney, tackle for a loss. Isaiah Simmons, quarterback hit, tackle for a loss, and a sack. Rakim Nunes Rochez, quarterback hit and a half a sack. Jihad Ward, a tackle for a loss, a sack, and a quarterback hit. Dexter Lawrence with the tackle for a loss. Dane Belton with two PDs. Obviously, the two interceptions, too. Um, and then Aziz Ojoloi with two quarterback hits. And, of course, they usually say defensive special teams touchdown. They kind of group that. Uh, of course, that went to Gunnar Olszewski. Jordan Fuller had the one interception, which was along the sideline. Towards the end of this, the the, uh, the second quarter, the first half, and then Dane Belton, two interceptions, uh, twenty-two return yards on that. You look at team stats as far as first downs go. L.A. with twenty-two, Giants with seventeen. Passing first downs, fourteen for the L.A. Rams, eight for the New York Giants. Both teams had seven rushing first downs. Two first downs for for the Giants. And one for the Rams. Third down efficiency, the Rams were two for eight and the Giants were five for sixteen. Fourth down efficiency, the Rams were 0 for one. That was, of course, the Puka drop to hit the ground. And then for the Giants, it was one for three. Total plays, Giants at 67 61 for the Rams. Total yards, 389 for the Giants and 391 for the Rams. Then you move down yards per play, 5.8 for the Giants and 6.4 for the Rams moved down to red zone attempts. The Giants were 0-2 for 2 in the red zone, so all of their touchdowns, all their scores, were out of the red zone. Meanwhile, it seemed like that was pretty much the opposite for the LA Rams. They were 3-for-3. Three three. They had 3 penalties for 28 yards. The New York Giants had 7 penalties for 65 yards. The Giants had a defensive-slash-special-teams touchdown. Of course, Gunnar Olszewski, aforementioned. Um, also, 3 turnovers for the Rams, 1 for the Giants. And time and possession was neck-and-neck Giants, 29-49, 30-11 for the L.A. Rams. So let's talk about the offense. And as I say it, I said it in the beginning, say it again, missed opportunities was the name of the game. Talk about biting, not even biting, like these mistakes, biting, your, biting you know, how do, I, how, do, how do they say it, right? They say the mistakes coming back to bite you in the ass. Because there were so many missed plays on the field. There were so many missed opportunities. It's not even funny. Like, that was the name of the game for the New York Giants. I can't say it enough. Because I think, honestly, this was the most missed opportunistic game of the entire season. Like, you know, the Eagles, yeah, you can make your case right. Some of these other games, yeah, you can make your case But I don't think anything came down to the wire as much as this game. Now, this game was meaningless for the Giants because they were not in the playoffs, and the Rams obviously have made the playoffs. I believe they have um, because Seattle lost and they won. But they should have lost this game. They really should have. But it pretty much came down to the offense, and I'm going to start with the quarterback. Tyrod Taylor, I thought he had some pretty good throws. But at the end of that... He had some very bad throws. He had some very bad plays. And, of course, I critique everybody on an equal level because they are playing for my favorite football team, and I have to be objective for you guys because I'm not just a fan. I'm a content creator. I give both sides the perspective. Uh, Tyrod Taylor, let me say this. Does a quarterback fix every issue on the New York Giants? No, it does not. It does not fix every issue on the New York Giants. But let's point out how many mistakes were made by the quarterback. And if this was Daniel Jones, by the way, I would say the same thing. Let's point out how many mistakes were made by the quarterback. And how many of those could have been made by somebody who's going to be coming out of this draft. The fumbled fourth down. I mean, that's just a silly turnover right there. That's Terod Taylor not getting the snap from JMS. I believe it was going to be an end around, or they were going to do that formation with the two backs. I think it was Wandale and and Barkley, or it was Gray and Barkley. One of those two, you know, two guys um, in the backfield. Then you have multiple miss throws by Tyrod, and I've never seen like this many miss throws by Tyrod. Like it was scary. Like I don't know what happened, but it seems like Tyrod was off his game in crucial moments, and I get it, listen, pass for 319 yards, that's great, right, the throw to Slayton was great, the uh, throw to Hyatt was great, he had multiple good throws, but at the same time when you lose the game, when you lose the game, these mistakes are going to show up, these mistakes are going to be talked about in the film room, the throw to Saquon on a wheel route, I forget which linebacker was covering him, but he came out on a wheel route, he threw it behind Saquon, he throws it over to Saquon, he leads Saquon, that's a touchdown, I believe that was in the first half, if I'm not mistaken. The pass to Hyatt on fourth down. To be honest with you guys, I don't blame Hyatt too much. First of all, I blame Mike Kafka there, because why are you passing on fourth and one? I get it, you don't have confidence in the offensive line, but it just seems silly to do a crosser when they're playing particularly tight coverage. And if you look at the replay, Waller is running one, run one way. He's running... The opposite side of Hyatt. He's going down that way. The linebacker, not the one covering him, but the one like patrolling the middle of the field, sees that Tyrod's going to throw to Hyatt, and he makes a play on the ball. So, we could sit here and blame Jalen Hyatt for running backwards, but he was never getting that first down. Even if he pushed with all his might. Maybe if every single Giants player pushed forward, he might have got that first down. But ifs and buts, or candies and nuts... We would have all had a Merry Christmas. I hope you guys had a Merry Christmas. But on a serious note. Why is that the play call, number one? Number two. Why does Tyrod not throw it in the flat to Saquon? He was wide open. Now, there was a linebacker technically on him. But I think Saquon, with the body he has, he could push through that linebacker for a first down. So, I don't get it. I, I just really don't. I feel like... A good quarterback makes that throw. I would say more than a good quarterback. But a good quarterback in this league makes that throw. And I'm not trying to say Tyrod's like, he's, he's ass or he's trash. No, he's a backup quarterback for a reason, right? He's not a starter. Um, Obviously, starting over Tommy DeVito, which kind of should have been happening the whole time. But the pass to Hyde on fourth down, the throw to Saquon in terms of the wheel route, I think he missed Waller on a throw. And the biggest one, the biggest one, was the two-point conversion the biggest one this again points to the Giants in some games this season are a quarterback away not saying that entirely I get it the offensive line and some of these other different things we talk about in the offseason but yes the Tyra Taylor got sacked six times I would say two of those were on him The pocket presence has been garbage by quarterbacks this season for the New York Giants, by the way. I just want to say that right now. Tommy DeVito, Daniel Jones, and Tyrod Taylor. But outside of those six sacks, if you want to take two away from Tyrod, go ahead. A good quarterback makes that throw to Saquon. Like, he should have read Saquon earlier coming out and just thrown it to him and let Saquon go in. And then you would have the lead. And then the Giants defense will be playing up to their par again. Unless they pull some Jets shit like they did in the Jets game. To where they let them go down the field and all this other stuff with the penalties and all that friggin' nonsense. But, man oh man, listen. I know Tyrod is a backup quarterback in this league. I know the expectations aren't super high. But as a veteran who's won a Super Bowl, behind Joe Flacco technically, I would expect him to be a little bit more on his game personally me and it doesn't matter whether I root for a loss or I root for a win or all these other different things it doesn't matter because at the end of the day it's not my job on the line you know it's not your guys job on the line. it's their jobs on the line um let's go to this one the penalties being called back <sighs> calling back big plays I should say calling back big plays So you did have, this was one of the shorter plays, but Tyrod had a run for two yards. Bredesen had a hold. That backed him up 10, and that was a field goal attempt by Mason Crosby, which ended up being good. The biggest one was the 47-yard play downfield to Jalen Hyatt, which was called back by a Daniel Bellinger holding penalty. One of the other big plays was when Tyrod, Ran for first down. I think it was in the third quarter. Called back by JMS holding penalty. JMS, by the way, didn't have a good game. Daniel Bellinger hasn't really had a great season in terms of penalties. I know he's got five or six. But you just expect a little bit more. Like, you know, those penalties are kind of silly. And you could talk about the ticky-tacky calls and this and that. And who gives a shit? Like, the Giants are 5-11. and 11. This is why. This is, you know, many of the reasons why. But... You know, you look at the penalty stats, and I think I said, what, eight penalties, something like that. The Giants had seven penalties. You could say, oh, you know, that's not bad. Right, but what a lot of people don't realize, kind of like the same with quarterback stats, running back stats, all these different things, is when does that happen? When do the penalties happen? How much do they cost you for? You could have 10 penalties for 50 yards, and each of those could be a five-yard penalty, and then you could overcome that. The Giants can't overcome penalties. They really can't. Like, the one I could say they closely overcame was the Hyatt play. Or it wasn't even the Hyatt play. It may have been the Hyatt play or the play where Tyrod ran and then got called back for holding. Because Daniel Bellinger then had a catch that was very close to the marker. And I think they went for it. And then they ended up not making it, of course. But, I mean... Again, this is a team that's five and eleven. They make five and eleven team mistakes. This is what happens. Um Saquon Barkley, I don't think he looked like himself. I think he had one or two bad plays. There was there was one or two bad drops he had. And um, you know, obviously the offensive line hasn't been great. But looking at the game on Sunday, a lot of people are starting to question, in their own fan opinion, which they have the right to have, whether Saquon should be back next year. Now, I think he's going to be back next year, personally. But, I mean, these type of mistakes can't happen. These type of mistakes can't happen from him. He's 84 yards away from 1,000. That's great, but it's not like he's been elite this season. It's not like he was the running back he was last season. You know, I get it. He's nursing this ankle injury, but when you're on the field, you got to make plays. That's just that simple. As far as the wide receiver core slash tight end core, we talked about Daniel Bellinger. Um, I'll talk positively for a few seconds here. Darius Slayton, I thought he had a big game. It's just weird with Slayton because he's got these on and off games to where he drops passes in one game. You want to get rid of him. And then, like, the next game he'll go off. And I will give him creds. He's not a guy who has the best hands in the fucking world. Far from it. Let's actually do a stat lookup on how many drops he has this season because he's a guy who drops the ball. Let's let's be completely transparent as we are on this podcast. So he's had two drops, quote-unquote, this year. I feel like it's a little bit more, but two drops, according to Pro Football Reference, in 2023. But I will say this. For a fifth-round receiver that was selected in 2019, for a guy that wasn't expected to do much, he is a deep threat. He is a deep threat. And some of that you have to credit to Darren Waller, at least on one play. That was the 80-yard touchdown. Darren Waller was in the middle of the field, and he had a solid game. I don't think I had you know too many grievances with him, but he was in the middle of the field. The safety comes down, which allows Tyrod Taylor to throw it deep to Slayton and Akella Witherspoon, and I believe it was Jordan Fuller on the back end couldn't cover Slayton. So, and two was it back-to-back weeks with. 70 plus yard plays for Darius Slayton. So, it kind of tells you that the Giants need another receiver. But he's a guy that you should keep on the roster because he's not a number one. I think the Giants have tried that experiment way too many fucking times. But, I mean, he's a quality receiver. A two, a three. If you want to pigeonhole him at four, go ahead. But two, three receiver, guy who's a deep threat, go ahead. But his hands are a problem. Wandale Robinson, very squeaky and sneaky. You know, he's he's had a really quiet season, but I would say productive when he's on the field. Maybe there was one or two games where you just didn't feel his impact. But this one you did. He scored the Giants' first touchdown on an end around, which tied the game. Love that creativity from Mike Kafka. That was after Saquon Barkley went out. And then, which I'm surprised they didn't read upon because... You know, Matt Breida, I'm not saying he's like the worst running back in the world, but him behind Saquon, I mean, that's just not as much of a threat. So they're probably focusing on Wandale more. But, of course, that's hindsight talking. But Wandale, six catches, 55 yards. And my brother asked me this during the game, and this was literally on a Wandale play. It was an in route by Wandale. And, you know, he makes the catch. And as the play's going on, he says to me, why, why are they throwing these little short routes with Wandale? I said, because that. What did Wandale do? He stretched the field horizontally and moved to the first down marker. I believe it was a 20-yard reception by Wandale. There was another one who was just, they're playing zone, and he's just fighting for the first down. Is he a number one receiver? No. Do a lot of people want to look back and say, yeah, I'd rather have George Pickens. That's your own opinion. Listen, you know, he's a very good receiver in this league obviously there's a lot of quarterback issues and offensive issues on the Steelers but as far as Wondell Robinson goes I'll tell you what he's he's definitely impressed me this season and when the Giants get a real quarterback I think he's gonna be a little bit better um as I said before Waller with the impact on that Slayton play and it's good that he was eye candy it's good he was eye candy and then he has solid game overall hopefully you know the next quarterback because I don't think Waller's getting cut after this year I don't think you could financially do that but In that regard, um, you know, solid pass catcher. I will say this before we move to the offensive line. Jalen Hyatt has to be better with his hands. Jalen Hyatt has to be better with his hands. You know, you did see the deep play downfield, and we do just scratch our head at the amount of involvement, lack thereof involvement, of Jalen Hyatt in the passing game. And then you have plays like the drop um, downfield, that he kind of should have hauled in. Now I get it was a little underthrown to the right sideline. But you should have hauled that one in. I think there was another drop of his. So his hands need to get better. His hands need to get better. But it's no doubt that he's improved on his route running. And a lot of different technicalities as far as being an NFL receiver. But as far as height goes. Deep threat. Love the kid so far. But he's got to get better with his hands. I don't know. How you assess that, it just seems like the Giants, the last few games, have had that drop issue. Could it be the wide receiver core? Could it be the coaching? I don't know. Let's actually look up NFL drops uh, 2024, or 2023, really, teams. The Giants, I don't think they'll be in the top five, but let's see, when was this created? Two-minute read, blah, 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 blah. So the Giants are bottom of the league, which is actually a good thing. They have 18 drops this year, uh, which is ranking 27th. That's actually good, but what I say about the penalties is what I say about this. When do those drops come in? And then I want to talk about this. Before we get to the offensive line, I said this on Twitter, and a lot of people will agree with me. The injury handling by the New York Giants has been utterly fucking disgraceful this season. This is something you could actually sort of pin on Brian Dable And the Giants need to just get guys out of the building. Like, I don't understand why Ronnie Barnes is in the Ring of Honor. You know, maybe because he's John Mara's best friend. He's been there since the fucking 80s. The way they handle injuries is so bizarre. I know Scott Simonson a few years ago had a tweet about his ankle sprain or something like that. But it was actually a prolonged injury. Tyree Phillips. I wish him the best. He is out for the season with a torn quadricep. We're actually... Yeah, well, they listed his torn quad tendon. But anyway, not the point. He goes down earlier in the game, which I believe was the first or second quarter. I'm thinking to myself, okay, just take him out. Matt Parrot was just activated. Get him some reps. Not that Matt Parrot was any good, by the way. So they leave him in the game. And then he gets even more hurt. And he's done for the game. He's done for the season. In what right mind? And this is something you can seriously question the coach with. In what right mind do you sit there and say, Okay, you could go back in? Like, I know there's obviously that fine line between, okay, your starters, your quality players, and your depth players, but Tyree Phillips was actually playing decent. Like I would argue in some cases he was playing better than last year. Obviously not because of Bobby Johnson. I would credit our rival Jeff Stoutland with that. Staten Island Native, by the way but what's the injury management process for the New York Giants unfortunately I haven't been uh in the press room lately so I can't ask about that but Evan Neal Daniel Jones Andrew Thomas Saquon Barkley Tyree Phillips that's five right there and I'm pretty sure there's more I am pretty sure there's more so again the Giants need to do some swift cleaning Coaching staff and training staff wise. And the guy Craig Fitzgerald is going to Florida. So maybe that's a good thing. Uh, And the Giants are still struggling with stunts and twists. And you know Aaron Donald obviously got two sacks. One I would argue is technically on, uh, on Tyrod Taylor. One of them was on Bredesen I believe. Or it was either Justin Pugh. One of those two guys. But the interior sucked. I'll say that right now. The interior sucked. And JMS was struggling. Probably his worst game of the rookie season. Justin Pugh hasn't been great. Let's be completely honest with that. And Bredesen has regressed. Who does that fall on? Hmm, I can only think of so many options. Bobby Johnson. I mean, do we really have to do the song and dance again about Bobby Johnson and how he should not be here next year? And you know what is the worst part? It's not even that, hey, you know, uh, he was going up against Miles Garrett and he was going up against uh you know aaron donald 100 percent of the snaps and he was going up against this guy and that guy and chris jones and quentin williams no they were going up against bobby brown Deswan johnson and kobe turner now kobe turner's been playing some really good ball also byron young too um turner's playing some really good ball and is in the running for defensive rookie of the year but i literally said this in the fucking preview y'all want to go back go ahead I literally fucking said this. What did we do against the Saints? Saints were like 28th in sacks. What did we do? We gave up seven sacks. Some of that was because of the quarterback. This game, the Rams coming, not great edges, just Aaron Donald, Kobe Turner too. And what happens? You know, they were 28th, 29th in sacks. They steam over us for six. I don't get it. I seriously don't get it. The Giants have allowed 80 plus sacks Which is the most since 1990, and I think the most in history was the Eagles in like 1986 with like 106. The Giants are not getting sacked 20 times next week, so thank God they're not going to break that fucking record. But it's just a mess, man. This is this is why the Giants are five and 11. This is why the Giants are a bad team, and Bobby Johnson needs to go. I think we've pretty much hammered that from top to bottom. But before we go on to the defense special teams and snap counts, we do have SeatGeek. They sponsor us. We thank them for it. If you're going to a ball game, if you're going to a concert, if you are going to a tailgate, $20 off on Seekeek with the promo code Big Blue in the Bronx. That's Big Blue in the Bronx. Uh, pretty much capitalized if you want it to be. I don't think it really matters on the website at least. But uh nothing abbreviated just full Big Blue in the Bronx, name of the podcast, name of the channel. Defensive side of the ball. They showed a very soft zone approach at first, and I liked the way Wink played this game in most parts. Didn't really like the first drive. I'm like, you know, I kind of expected the, the soft zone come out approach, right? Kind of expected that. But then they started wreaking pressure at the right moment, moments. It was kind of like a clutch mentality. And they did give up more points in the second half than the, actually, no. Did they? No. They gave up, let's see, they gave up 14 in the first half and 12 in the second half. So they gave up more in the first half. But anyway, by all means, they turned on the pressure nozzle at the right moments. Let me say this. Third down, the Giants allow, the the Rams offense against the Giants defense was two for eight. Three of those were sacks. You take one of those away. Because, well, I mean, if you want to take it away. Adoree Jackson's 80-yard mishandling of Puka Nakua. Which is unbelievable. He was not looking to make contact to anybody on Sunday. But three of those were sacks. And they all came in prime moments. Let me show you guys. Isaiah Simmons. That sack before the Giants missed the field goal. Let's talk about the drive before that. Where the Rams... Let's see. Sack, 10 yards loss. Bobby O'Karrake recombinators, which is what happens on that drive. They punt from, I think it was the 36-yard line. The Rams, 36. They punt. It was a pretty deep punt. Guess what? Gunnar Olszewski returns it for a touchdown. Let's see what else we got. Let's see what else third-down sacks we can we can find here. Uh, da-da-da-da, da-da-da-da. No, not here. Third down, third down. There's a couple more, definitely, I know. There's a couple more. Um, Matt Stafford, Stafford sacked uh, for a five-yard loss. And then the Giants went down the field 91 yards. So those were key. Like they, it, That's where momentum kicks in with this team. And where they choose whether momentum kicks in or not. Because you have the defense that plays clutch in a lot of different situations. And this was one of the best passing offenses in the league, by the way. I believe they were 10th and running. And 10th and passing. And, you know, they had so many stops on third down. And then the sacks. And two scoring drives out of those. So, again, it's whether the Giants on offense want to take advantage of that or not. And that goes to Wink. Dialing up the pressure. Bobby Okereke was, I would say, the MVP of the defense in this game. Besides a particular Dane Belton, which we'll get into. Um, Blitz game. I mean, he didn't have a sack coming in the game. He had one and a half. He split one with Nunez Roches, who played very well, in my opinion. And run defense, he was there. Remember, guys, this guy's playing with a torn bicep. I think it was a torn bicep or a torn rib or something like that. Something along those lines. Partially torn, and he's playing like this. It's unfortunate that the Giants are a fucking losing team because this dude would be a pro bowler. This dude would be a pro bowler. I don't know where the... Rankings are for Pro Bowlers right now, but O'Karake should be at the top. You move forward, you talk about Nacho. I thought he played well. I thought Aishon Robinson had a few nice plays. DJ Davidson and uh, Jordan Riley on the lesser end. But Nacho, he's been average to below average this entire season, but he had a very good game. I'll say that. Him and A'shaun definitely had a very good game against this uh, Rams team. The one thing I'll knock is Michael McFadden is still having having some tackling issues. And you know that kind of goes back to last week too. So hopefully he could sure that up. I don't know whether Giants rank him as tackles this season. I would bet it's worse than last season. But, uh, you know, sometimes you do give something to take something. I'll get to that in a second. Dane Belton, two interceptions and a fumble recovery. I want to talk about Dane Belton for a second. Because he went down, Jason Pinnock... Went down with an injury. I don't think he's going to play against the Eagles personally. I don't think it's worth the risk. Pinnock's been a solid player. Don't put him in that position. And obviously, Pinnock filled in for Julian Love, who the Giants let walk in free agency. Whatever, right? Dane Belton was projected coming into the NFL as a box safety. A guy who makes tackles, can't cover tight ends, all these other different things. Personally, me, after seeing Dane Belton for two seasons... I prefer him as a deep safety, as a center field safety, or just playing too high. I don't like him close to the line of scrimmage. I don't think his tackling ability is there, but whenever he's playing deep, for some reason, he has a nose for the ball. He had an interception versus the Eagles last year in the last game. He had two interceptions off of Matt Stafford. Now, obviously, one was just out of luck, but then he picked Matt Stafford off a second time, and, you know, it wasn't out of luck. And then last year against... The Houston Texans, when Dory Jackson was in coverage, was it Dory J- Jackson? Yes, it was, because it was before the Lions game, he got hurt. Dory Jackson was in coverage, covering his guy. Dane Belton moves towards the sideline, picks one off. So he has a nose for the football, and also had a fumble recovery, which, you know, he was not in the box on that play. He was actually deep, and, you know, obviously Dory Jackson caught DeMarcus Robinson from behind, recovered by the New York football giants, specifically Dane Belton. So personally, me... In the offseason, we'll discuss the Xavier McKinney stuff. But I would like Dane Belton to get more playing time at high safety, not box safety. Because his tackling, still off, and I get it. You do need to tackle as a member of the defense. But usually that can be, I would say, uh, not, not alleviated. That's not really the right term to put it in. But that can be kind of pushed off to the side if he's a deep safety. And at least, again, he has a nose for the ball. Because if he didn't have a nose for the ball, then we'd be talking about a bunch of nonsense. And that thing I was talking about before. Right. About you got to give something to get something. Yeah, the Giants might be a worse tackling team than last year. But let me say this. Let me pull this up. The Giants were 32nd in interceptions this year. Where do they rank now? Well, they rank 7th. They were eleventh in turnover differential last year, mainly because of forced fumbles. Now they're sixth, but continue to tell me, and this is not a large portion of the fan base, because a large portion of the fan base believes Wink Martindale should be back next year. But people who are anti-Wink, please continue to tell me. And the defense hasn't played all-star this year. There's certain games where the like the defense was bad, but the defense has mostly kept us in games. I would say about 90% of those games they've kept us in. And they are the reason why we do have five wins. Whether you talk about a second half against the Cardinals or some of these other games. But I just wanted to point that out. Just wanted to point that out so Dable don't get rid of Wink Martindale. Talking about the tackling, Dory Jackson didn't have a particularly good game. Lacking contact. Cordell Flott did struggle in the second half a little bit, uh, which kind of raises concerns last two games about him being in the slot corner. He's played better than last year, I'll give him that. But there are some things he needs to get better at. The processing of his own coverage is still an issue. Uh, he took a bad angle, very bad angle, on the touchdown uh, from Kyron Williams, which was like 26 yards out. And that's where Darnay Holmes actually is better because we could sit here and say, yeah, Darnay Holmes holding penalties, can't play man coverage. But what we can not say about Darnay Holmes is he can play some very good run defense. Uh, Cordell Flott still has yet to, I would say, get on that level with Darnay Holmes. Um, Took a bad angle in the touchdown, had a holding penalty, and also uh, a big play was given up before the holding penalty to uh, Demarcus Robinson. But, again, not much complaints for the defensive side of the ball. They played top ball. They played top ball. And I can't argue. Can't argue that they, you know, I can't argue with anyone who says they played top ball. Because they did. Special teams... Um, there was one bad play where like Olshevsky just, I believe it was actually a touchdown drive, believe it or not. So that's like a weird shift to momentum. The Giants really don't friggin' they don't come back from that. But I believe it was the, the drive where Tyrod hit uh Darius Slay for 80 yards, where it was a booming punt by Ethan Evans. I think it was like 71 yards and he let it go behind him and then he catches it at like the 10 goes back a yard and they get him like this is typical Giants fucking special teams but then he kind of changes it in the clutch I think it was like three minutes remaining 93 yards back to the house I believe that is the first time the New York Giants have had a punt return touchdown since Dwayne Harris in 2015 against the New York Jets mind you they lost that game but nonetheless it's just a little stat in history for you guys but that's basically special teams Mason Crosby he missed an extra point and missed the game-winning field goal The one thing I'll say about Brian Dable in that regard is, personally me, I don't care too much about it because, A, this is not a good team. They had multiple opportunities and missed those, too. I didn't really want them to win this game. But running it on, I think it was second or third down, and then getting the field goal unit on is a little bit stupid considering your kicker's like 174 years old. Uh, You know, if you had a kicker who was like Cade York, I know he's IR now. Or, like, a kicker who's young and he's got depth in his kicks. I can understand that. But uh, Crosby, you know, he—they were at the thirty-one. they were at the 31. They were at the 31-yard line when Tyrod ran for his first down. You could just, like, run it out in other ways. Spin the clock other ways. Turn it down other ways. You know, chew clock other ways. I think that's the best term I could put it in. Chew clock other ways. And, you know, they, they elected not to. So, that's kind of... Uh, where Brian Dable said, yeah, I got to take that one back. I'd like to have that one back. As far as snap counts go, let's start with the defense. McLeod, McKinney, O'Karake, and Jackson played 100% of the snaps. 92% for Cordell Flott, 84% for Kayvon Thibodeau. I was disappointed, by the way, that he was not impactful during the game. There was one play where he was getting held by Joseph Nopum, but um, virtually no impact from him. 74% for Dane Belton, 68% for Dexter Lawrence, 60% for Ojalari and Aishon Robinson, 55% for Nunez Roches, 45% for Jihad Ward, 37% for Micah McFadden, 34% for Isaiah Simmons, which is pretty high. 27% for Jordan Riley, 26% for Jason Pinnock, Boogie Basham, 18%, 19% for DJ Davidson. And then for the Giants offense, Terod Taylor, Andrew Thomas, John Michael Schmitz, Justin Pugh, and Ben Bredesen at 100%. 89% for Saquon Barkley, 86% for Darius Slayton, 82% for Wandale Robinson, 77% for Jalen Hyatt, 69% for Tyree Phillips, 66% for Darren Waller, 43% for Daniel Bellinger, 31% for Matt Parrott, 24% for Isaiah Hodgins, 8% for Mark Lewinsky and Eric Gray, 7% for Sterling Shepard, 5% for Matt Breida and Gunnar Olszewski at 3%. Personally, me, I'd rather play Olszewski, Paris Campbell, and Hodgins over Shepard because Shepard is a net negative in the passing game. Like, comment, subscribe, folks. Do all the good stuff. Turn on post notifications so you know when a live stream pops or you drops pre-show. Coming back, uh, we're going to have a podcast, of course, on Saturday and then the following Tuesday. Make sure you check out the Patreon. Again, $2.99 per month. We're going to be putting out articles on there, more exclusive content, all the good stuff. Appreciate you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. <laughs>